Bryce and Ren and Corey in the house. My name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. Today we'll be discussing Corey in the House season two, episode seven, titled Uninvited Pest. Uh, and with me as always to break down all things Corey in the House is one Ren Fontes. Ren, how's it going? It's going well, Bryce. You actually noticed something interesting about this episode this week. Yeah, what did I notice? Uh, that it was out of order on Apple TV. Yeah, super strange. I so I because I watched the episode, um, and it's weird because I don't remember watching the episode. Like I'm pretty sure I just clicked watch next episode in Apple TV, and then it, it gave me this episode. And then when it ended, it was like ready to watch episode twelve or whatever episode thirteen. I was like, what? And then I exited out and looked at the episode order. And for the rest of season two, the episodes are all jumbled on Apple TV. I didn't notice that they were all juggled, but I did notice that the episode was what was what was going to play naturally for me. But mm-hmm. I went into the episode guide on the season itself and manually went to episode 11 to click it. So I actually yeah. don't know how where my Apple TV is going to put me now. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know. I So technically, like, we'll just be following the episode, uh, the order in which the episodes aired at this point. Yeah uh that'll be our our guiding light in the confusing turmoil that is the second half of season two or the the back six as i'm sure they were lovingly referred to as uh ren how's it going bryce it's well uh after dolly day Mm -hmm. i i was actually a little bit excited to come back to Corey in the house yes it it feels now i'm not so sure if i don't need another dolly day or two (laughs) Yeah, it, it does. It feels uh, definitely like a homecoming. I know it's it's been two weeks since we've last talked about Corey in the house, uh, but it's felt like a very long two weeks. For sure. I also felt that like mm-hmm. it's only been an episode since Corey and Candy like talked through their relationship, but I feel like that happened forever ago. Yeah, and I haven't seen Candy in ages. I know. So it's you know we're back here. Some of the gang is back in front of the in front of our faces and our eyes, and you know uh, we will we'll definitely get into that. Ren, uh, I've been listening to other podcasts this week, and here's something that I think we should start to do is uh, early on in the podcast say uh, things like if you are uh, if you like what you're hearing, or if you uh, want to support us, you can support us by. Uh, reading us on Apple Podcasts or subscribing on like Spotify, whatever your preferred podcast listening is. Um, and then also you can find us on Twitter and Facebook uh, to engage with us there. So uh, do you think that's, it's probably smart to do that early on, right, Ren? I, I think that's smart. I think we need a push for engagement. Yeah. The, uh, the did, people on our side. Yes. Did you know the, uh, the average person only listens to the first 15 seconds of a podcast they're they're only gonna hear the electric guitar riff that's it they should yeah and then after that we lose them so once you and i start putting out merch we'll make sure that we open (laughs) up with with the merch ads so we really you know we let the money talk our presidential heads i love it sounds very good uh so 
there's that out of the way. The other piece of housekeeping, Ren, uh, the newsletters are in the mail. Excellent. Yes. So the, the newsletters, so those who have uh, subscribed, the physical uh, Bryce and Ren and Corey uh, newsletter is in the mail. So y'all should be looking out for those in the next like week to week and a half, I would assume. I don't know how long it takes to mail things. Um, so yeah, it was fun to, to put together, right, Ren? It was. I had a lot of fun writing stuff up for it. Yes. Uh, and with that will be the extra vote for the next uh, show. So uh, I'm going to wait probably like a week and to week and a half. So that way folks can get the letter first before we publicly post the, like the main voting link. Right. And so if yeah. you're on the, the newsletter list, you will get this, you will then have a, it's a separate form, but you will get to vote again, essentially. So how many people did we end up sending a newsletter to, by the way? Ren, uh, five. Wow. Big number big number all right that was actually more than i was expecting across the country yeah very exciting no oh, international any acts you guys are in for a treat oh yeah oh yeah you're uh keep your eyes on your mail it's always nice to get something in the mail it feels it good right it feels good. uh it's even, a nice jolt it does yeah uh, it's so like in order of things to get in the mail ren uh, I feel like my favorite things to get in the mail. I like when like I, I get a check that sometimes happens. Um, is that, I don't know. What else uh, is great to receive in the mail? A magazine like, that you've been I looking like forward video to? video games in the mail? I oh. Game. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense for you. Uh, do they, yeah, so you, you get them in the mail. And uh, to those who subscribe to Gamefly, they also get their games in the mail. So yeah. Or Netflix think, discs, disc. Mm-hmm. Ren, do you miss the days of like, did you ever subscribe to like Nickelodeon magazine or um, what was it? Disney Adventures was another one. No, but I had a uh, comic subscription to Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. So that was my magazine cool. equivalent. Those were like um, more expensive than they should have been. I, I was subscribed to, I think, Jughead Double <laughs> Digest for maybe six months uh of my childhood it was i think it was like a birthday present from my grandparent mm. and um it, i loved it but when it came time to resubscribe i was like it's not worth like the investment but it was great to receive in the mail every once in a while always fun to read a new jughead it is double digest <laughs> do you okay um no i gotta ask rent sorry and then we'll we'll get back get this quarry train back on its tracks uh do you identify more with archie or jughead I feel like I'm more of an Archie figure. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, Archie has the red hair. So I, I feel like a little bit of him, but I've always, I, like, growing up, I always, I think, admired, or not admired, aspired to be, like, the class clown. Mm-hmm. So characters like Jughead or, like, Buster from Arthur always resonated with me. I can so see I, that. Yeah, I guess. You have, you I, have a Buster Bunny energy. Buster thank Buster. you. What was his last name? Baxter. Buster Baxter? Yeah. Buster mm-hmm. Bunny is from Tiny Toons? Yeah. Come on. Keep up. Um, all right. So those will be coming in the mail. Anyway. You, anything else? Are we ready to, to dive into Corey? I am. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. Uh, so strap in. Uh, Seatbelts on. Goodness up. And we will uh, get, get moving <laughs> with this episode. Uh, so as we start with President Martinez 
giving a, a, I don't know, like a miniature address. It's a tribute to Youth Week. Yeah, uh, he's he's thanking everyone for participating in tribute to Youth Week. Um, Samantha Samuels is nowhere to be seen, so that means that this event has gone off without a hitch. But right. we do have the classic combo of Corey, Candy, and Mina in the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, uh, I have a note on that in a second. Um, I think in our scene after the the main credits or mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, I do have definitely a note on this group dynamic that we get in this episode. Um, yeah, so there's five finalists, Ren, for the Young Business Person of the Year. Uh, award, which uh, the winner gets a medal from President Martinez, a presidential medal, and then they'll also receive a front cover photo of Young Entrepreneurial Magazine. Does this seem like a good use of the president's time? Uh, I f- Look, on, I on feel, a surface yeah. level, on a surface level, I feel like the answer is yes, because, uh, you know, it's, it's normal for the president of the United States to engage with the children of America in a school in like this kind mm-hmm. of setting. But think of the amount of effort that is being put into this. In which we have uh, five separate meetings with the president where individual children get to meet with the president and pitch their Shark Tank business ideas. Not um, just that. Think of the rehearsals that would have been necessary to prepare mm-hmm. for the uh, goodness gangs. True. Song. Yeah, Got to make sure it looks good. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's the best way to for him to spend his time. It feels something more like uh, like the first person um, would be more suited to do, to be yeah. heavily involved in. Yeah, so we we seem involved in this. Ren, so five people, five children, presumably across America, are up for this award. Corey Baxter is one of the five. How is this? How already, how is this not a problem? It's the media is going to rip into the president. Like, do the, these four kids, other kids, don't stand a chance. They were flown out to watch the president give the terror causing young child that lives in uh, the White House's basement a medal and a magazine cover. He's like, being rewarded. After everything he's done, mm-hmm. Corey Baxter is rewarded. Yes. Uh, for business person of the year, which has, has only caused chaos in the White House. They, yeah, so it, that really bugged me about this, is that we're supposed to just accept that Corey is nominated. Um, I, we also don't know how these five people are, are picked, right? So it, it doesn't yeah. mean Martinez personally picked them if there was... If maybe it's through the magazine, but either way, we actually—I feel like we actually have to kind of discuss that a bit because mm-hmm. the whole point of picking the finalists is that these five finalists are going to pitch their proposals to Martinez. Yeah, but how do you pick a finalist without them pitching their proposal first? So it couldn't have been Martinez. It may have been the magazine. The ma- they may have had like kids send in their top ideas and then. Is it possible that, uh, you know, being a magazine that focuses on good business decisions, they said it'd be really dang cheap to not have to fly this child out and put him in a hotel because he lives in the White House already. And that's why Corey was picked. All right. Okay. I, all right. I abide by that. Practical business choices. Yes. Right here. Um, and so, so that, that's, I guess, the only reason why I can be okay with Corey being one of the five children who are picked uh almost Willy Wonka-esque right he's our Charlie Bucket 
uh, surrounded by uh, Veruca Salts and uh, Timothy TVs. There's uh, Angel Seton, David, and the other two kids weren't named. No. No. Uh, so, you know, Victor like is also there. He's in the audience. He tells Corey he's really proud right, of him. Right, did you mean to say Mike TV? Yeah, uh, what, I said Timothy TV. Yes, you said yeah, Timothy I know. TV. I, and I remember just a few moments later what his actual name was, but I just wanted to move right on, Ren. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want me to name the others? I said Veruca Salt, Timothy TV, so Mike TV, uh, Augustus Gloop, and uh, there's uh squeezed blueberry cindy lou who i don't know yeah i don't know her name <laughs> and is there any more I, I think that's all of them augustus falls in the lava yeah and then uh they go down the boat uh veruca is the one that wants everything blueberry is the one with the gum mike TV. oh violet she's turning violet you're turning violet violet all yeah, right okay. there we go Violet beauregard um and willy wonka and charlie and his grandpa who's a muppet Okay, so uh, Up With Goodness is the, they're the band or the vocal group, children's choir that will be performing. They'll be providing the entertainment here today. Entertainment being used lightly here. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Well, the crowd was into it, Ren. A crowd was into it, yes. (laughs) It's a bunch of children wearing like America costumes uh they sing a very very generic song that they i feel like the writing intern was put in charge of this writing the lyrics i actually wrote down some of the lyrics if you'd like to hear them yeah which one i I wrote down some um (laughs) as actually hold on uh well because they don't sing yet we're gonna uh, okay yeah you're right you're right you're right um and so they're about to sing before they do uh, the iconic stanley that's from right. That's a Raven, Raven. Is here. He is part of Up with Goodness now. He pops out and uh, he's like, uh, hello, or whatever. Like, and Corey's shocked to see him. And that's our opening. So, similar yeah. to the time the juicer was on, we get this kind of like hint of like, oh, look who's here. Things are going to get real wacky. I always want to believe that these episodes, like these continuity heavy episodes will be at least good, but they never are. (laughs) They never are. Uh, I felt like this episode, uh, I actually, I I think it had a lot of individually really funny, uh, like funny lines, but I want to be clear. Some of them weren't funny as in like, that was well-written. It may have been funny as in like, I'm laughing at them, not with them. Yes, I agree. Uh, so there was a few of those that we got. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, so let's let's talk a little bit about Stanley, right? So we go to our main credits. This is our opportunity to talk uh, a little bit about what we know of the character of Stanley. I did a slight bit of understanding of him. And the, the actor, um, Bobby J. Thompson. Ren. Yes. So at first, were you asking yourself, how old is he? <laughs> uh. I've always been confused about Bobby J. Thompson's age. He's actually in one of my favorite movies, Role Models. He okay. plays a young boy there, Ronnie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I really have no clue how old he's, he's he is. Old supposed to be. Apparently, he was born in 1996. I don't get that vibe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I so that that was my thing. Is uh, even when I so like when we saw him in That's a Raven, and now seeing him here. 
it's like, is he, like, I was really confused about his age here. I was like, is he 18? And like, like, this is just his thing. Uh, like, he's just uh, like a really small form factor and has that high pitched voice. And like, that's his thing. Um, or like, is he just a child? Uh, and, and like, I was surprised he's a child pretty much. Like he's, I think what, 12, not even he's yeah, Something. about 12 here, yeah. 12, 13. It, it, I don't get it. Mm-mm. Yeah. I, I don't get, quite get it. He's like the beans of that's a yeah. reason. Very beans esque. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bryce. Yeah. I actually pulled up, uh, Stanley's page from the Disney.fandom.com wiki. Uh, is it is so? I pulled up his page on the That's a Raven wiki. So I'm ready. So let's exchange these notes here. What did you? Uh, what does that have to offer about Stanley? So under history section, we have this uh, little bit of context for mm-hmm. us and our audience. Yeah, he is Eddie's next door neighbor who is obsessed with Raven. He yeah. has a frenemy relationship with Eddie and Corey, although he is usually seen scamming them. Stanley was originally brought in as a love interest for Raven's next door neighbor Sierra but he becomes much more interested in Raven. Stanley is rude, obnoxious, mean, sarcastic, and deceptive to Mm -hmm. everyone. He loves to eat cheese sandwiches. Yes. So, okay. So mine, mine is so funny. Mine is wicked similar to that. Um, In the the list of adjectives that they use to describe him, had all the ones you had, except it also has chauvinistic, (laughs) uh, which feels accurate for the character of Stanley that we saw here. Yes, it does. Um, we get uh, throughout the series, Stanley is seen trying to desperately to get Raven to like him back. Suddenly leaves her alone after he sees Raven kissing a boy named Andre. He also loves cheese sandwiches. So great. Uh, he can, he constantly asks for them at the Baxter's home. Okay. Period. Next sentence, not a new paragraph. When he beats Victor Baxter in a ping pong match, he requests a cheese sandwich in the shape of a ping pong paddle. There's something very similar in mine. In the same episode, taken to the cleaners, he asked Victor to make him a cheese sandwich in the shape of a ping pong mm-hmm. paddle. Yeah. So, <laughs> who wrote these? Who who are these long lost twin geniuses? Mm-hmm. Sounds like the maybe the same person <laughs> wrote them. Uh, but also, it seems like so he's in ten episodes of That's a Raven, which feels like a lot more than I thought. I thought he was like maybe two or three episodes max. I think that's more than the juicer. Yeah. No, I, I think it is too. Um, so he's in like a decent amount of it. And then we get him here. He's a, he's like a con artist, his character, as far yeah. as I understand. Uh, he's like slimy, not to be trusted. Um, and people know that, which is partially why I hate in this episode that Victor shrugs him off as like Stanley's so cute. Yeah, what the Victor's experienced this ten times. Yeah, how how Mm-mm. how how can he just do this to his son to his boy? Doesn't care. Yes, as he lovingly refers to him uh, in this episode as my boy, he <laughs> says refers to Corey as. Yeah, so that that bothered me, um, and uh, there's is it pronounced Lad Bible? lad bible i don't know it's like a, a trashy nicole uh, says yes website okay um it just came up in my search results for the actor uh, it tells us that we, he uh it is an update on what the actor has been doing he played mm-hmm. stanley uh it, it's saying 
initially he played Stanley in the hit Nickelodeon show. That's a Raven. So we're off to a great start there. All right. Uh, it's naturally, it's been 10 years since he hit the big screen. Thompson's done some growing up and has also branched out in a career. Uh, he has been on the improv comedy show wild and out. Okay. He, uh, is a rapper. Let's check how many followers on his Instagram account. I'm going you to, to guess. guess a respectable 824. Total? Yes. So 159,000. Damn it. He's, uh, his Instagram refers to himself as Bobster the Mobster. So, and that's it. That's, uh, so he, what a character that we have in front of us. A character with a lot of history. A lot of history that you and I don't really know. No. <laughs> Other than he likes cheese sandwiches and something about a ping pong paddle. I can't believe they didn't use cheese sandwiches in any capacity. No. I know. That's his thing. Yeah, If you were to write a wiki page about him, that would be one of the top things you'd put down. So uh, he's here. Corey is definitely not happy to see him. Right. And in general, the dynamics of the episode are very strange. So we have, like you already mentioned, the classic gang of Candy and Mina and Corey yeah. are here. Unlike last time that we didn't have um, Jason Dolly, there's no mention of Newt in this episode. No, none at all, which I thought was weird. That stuck mm-hmm. out to me. Yeah. Do you feel like if he... We assume the actor was was filming something, right? What what is your theory? What what is your take on okay. it? So I actually have a theory about mm-hmm. why Jason Dolly is missing episodes. Yeah, I think they're phasing Newt out because Jason Dolly was getting popular at the time, doing stuff around Corey in the house with the Disney Channel, and I'm thinking maybe they were seeing him better as a lead for his own show, so they're getting Corey, Candy, and Mina into like into the comfortable role of the trio. Mm-hmm. while pushing Newt away. But then Corey in the House got canceled and the writer's strike happened, so ultimately it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, that they're, The trio, the three of them without Newt, does not play well. It does not at all. Mm-mm. There is a distinct lack of chemistry. Yeah, because for the first time, because um, we got, got this trio last week, and then wasn't there another time where we saw the three of them interacting without it was it's without Newt? Very strange. Yeah, there was. Um. But the issue is I feel like the writers write very similar stuff for Mina and Candy because they're like, they're the girls. They are essentially one character split into two. Yeah. Um, the only difference is Candy is dating Corey and Mina is from Bahavia. Yep. The, otherwise, uh, they can interchange their lines or maybe just give them the same line and have them say it at the same time. They right. were both distilled to their purest forms tonight. All yes. of Candy's jokes were Corey related. All of Mina's jokes were Bahavia related. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Uh, so very. Whoa! Did you hear this? Bryce, what's happening? Uh, Siri just started yelling at me something about notification center. Are we in trouble? I think so. Uh, I think so. Oh, uh, yes. So Jason Dolly, he's off doing something else. Sophie is also not here. Oh, we yeah, don't have Madison right. Pettis. I feel like pitting her against Stanley would have actually made it for a pretty compelling plot. It would have been a situation, I think, where, like, I was thinking about the Sophie of it all, like, how would she possibly fit into this? I really like the 
idea in my head. I've, I always throw out this like Cory in the House fanfic mm-hmm. um, where, so we get the same storyline where no one believes uh, Cory. Everyone thinks Stanley's incredible except Sophie. I think that would have been interesting. So like Sophie is with Cory uh, for whatever been, reason. Good. And then the two of them team up to prove pretty much the episode plays out on its own the same way, but like yeah, they team up to, to get Stanley. That's a good point actually, because you, that would have infinitely made this episode better. And mm-hmm. it's such a small change. Yeah. Yeah. She, I don't know where she was. Um, maybe she was filming a, a DVD commentary for the game plan. We can assume, but all right, back to the episode. Let's go, jump back in. Okay. Uh, so up with goodness, uh, America's new favorite rock band slash uh, choir group is singing uh, their theme song, Up With Goodness. Red, good song? They're down with the blues. Uh, it, would you say this is a toe tapper? Would sure. you stand up and dance to this song? No. <laughs> it's like, this is the type of thing that, uh, so when I was in elementary school, uh, we would always have like a Christmas pageant yeah. each year where we would all then have to like learn a song and my class would go and then do um, like a dance, like a, like a very small dance and sing a song in front of all the parents and everyone would record it. And like that, that's what this feels like to me, uh, except apparently they're national icons. This, I also get that vibe from it. Mm-hmm. But to me, uh, Up With Goodness has a very like, intense propaganda feel to it yes very like there's like a intense religious subtext to it it is yeah and we get that through the conversation afterwards when stanley starts talking um to explain what's happening uh it, it is really strange i was saying before we started recording it reminds me a little bit of like um Invasion of the Body Snatchers-esque, where just slowly as they go from like city to city across America, they're just like collecting people into their their group and they're just growing infinitely bigger. Uh, That's what it feels like to me. It it is a cult of goodness. It is. Uh, It's good to be good and bad to be bad. Goodness makes you happy and badness makes you sad. Like it's so surface level, but when it's all sung in unison by like children, it's very eerie. It, it has a very underlying scary tone to it. It, it um, does. Brainwashing. Yeah. Something Maybe I forgot. This is why Martinez is investing so much time into this. <laughs> Let's make America a goodness nation again. Mm-hmm. He wants, yeah, he wants to, um, I will, I think that this resonates with uh, a crowd that Martinez might be trying to uh, get into his, his court. Yes. So, uh, with uh, something I forgot to mention in that opening scene. So it's not just Stanley like being there and being like, hey, uh, Martinez had called all the kids up who were nominated up to the stage. And so that's when Corey sees Stanley on his way back to a seat. Stanley trips Corey in front of everyone. Uh, and now in the seat, while everyone's watching, they're all singing and dancing or whatever. And Corey is like turning to Candy and Mina and they're like, um, Stanley tripped me. Like, are we going to acknowledge that? And they're just like, oh, you fell off the stage. Um, like you got hurt. Like, don't blame the boy. He's just a kid. Everyone saw it. That's it. It was in front of everyone. This is, this was an extremely frustrating episode. 
It was. It's uh, very reminiscent to me of like a series of unfortunate events-esque where uh, it's in front of your face the whole time and the adults uh, or other people in the situation just choose not to believe what's being said. Yeah. So yeah, we get, we get that. Um, the song is over and now uh, they all go to pretty much talk to Stanley. Candy and Mina are like, you are adorable. Candy says she wants to hug, kiss, squeeze, and love Stanley. Mm-hmm. That's strange. It is strange, Red. Strange it's... comment to make about a child you've just seen. Yeah, and everyone, like, everyone loves Stanley, right? Um, and I was, I was thinking a little bit deeper about it. It's almost like I think this is what the producers feel about the character of Stanley, right? Like, he isn't that good of a character, but I think the producers are like, oh, that, like, that, that, uh, Bobby, right? Definitely. He's on set. It's a great time. We got to have him in for Corey. Like, he's so much fun. He's so great. You're going to love him. I Um, I can see that vibe. I can understand that. Yeah. So, um, Corey is talking to Stanley and they're, and Corey's trying to call him out on, like, hey, you're a con artist. Uh, Stanley says that he's turned his life around and gave his life over to goodness. So, again, this religious connotation. Stanley found Christ. Mm-hmm. No, Ren. No, 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 no. <laughs> he found goodness. You're right. I'm sorry. He found goodness. Okay. He found goodness. He's born again good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he essentially says that. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Victor explains that everyone deserves a second chance. And he invites Stanley to come to the celebration dinner for Corey. Uh, second chance or 11th chance? Yeah. <laughs> after Victor, you've met him. You've seen him. He beat you uh, at ping pong and made you make him a ping pong shaped sandwich. Inviting Stanley to Corey's celebration dinner is just mean. It is mean. Why do that? You don't know why. It's because the group was already a group of uh, a bunch of people who were going to have an awkward conversation, Ren, because uh, it's Martinez, Corey, Victor, Mina, and Candy. Stanley will break the ice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and like, it's even more frustrating that they don't mention that newt is absent because it's like why is newt not up at Corey's celebration dinner yeah mm-hmm. like this big thing they they made an excuse for newt being out of town last week but not this week no i would have been fine if they just threw us a line of oh like too bad newt's missing this because he whatever why don't we care whatever um what is it mina calls Corey. uh tells Corey that he's being a uh bow-legged yak that's the lowest form of yak. What is a bow-legged yak? You know, like a cowboy? Sure. Like the way they walk, but on a yak. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I pictured, I don't know what I pictured in my head is the, the picture that you intend to be painting, but it's in my head. You know how and, cowboys have bow legs? Like their legs are, are wide. Yes, like well, that, yeah, that's what I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah and they like, like don't, don't uh, straighten. Yeah, but a yak, all four. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of wobbling back and forth. You get it. Okay, I do get it. Great. Uh, Victor, so they're, they're at dinner right, uh, right now, right? Uh, Martinez is like, Corey, do you want to see the medal? So, uh, like, this is... Martinez has no doubts that Corey has this in the bag. Right? Like, he's basically just taunting Corey at this point. Yeah. Corey's like... Hold- beautiful medal of himself. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you want to see it? Corey's like, hold on to it. Stanley has a thing for bling. So watch out. Um, Victor brings over the pie. 
And while we do this, Stanley's like, oh, I'll be right back or whatever. I, I don't know. I forget what excuse he makes, but he gets up from the table. He walks over. They're in the kitchen. So he walks over and takes a banana peel and puts it on the ground. Well, he's doing this. So we're watching this. And in the background, we're hearing the rest of the cast uh, eating the pie, question mark. Did you hear these audio cues run? I didn't. What was happening? Uh, so Candy is like, oh, I want this piece. And then Martinez is like, ladies. And Mina's like, yum, yum, yum. What the hell? <laughs> As we're watching Stanley do his little setup, those are the words that are given to us from the three different characters over there. Uh, so I don't know if they had to do this take multiple times, and at that point they were just phoning it in. Um, I don't they know. Kept but, making Bobby fall. Yeah, over and over. So uh, he falls, right? So Bobby takes this banana peel, puts it on the ground, falls. So this is where we get like the con artist gig of it all. And in Bahavia Ren. If someone gets hurt in your house, you have to uh, invite them to stay at your home for a full year, right? Or until they take a wife. Is this a reasonable law, do you think? Uh, it's, uh, no. But Martinez loves it. So yeah, he's into he it. doesn't make it American law. Yeah. Yeah, so he uh, essentially offers like sanctuary to Stanley. Because Stanley, he's hurt on the ground. Corey's like, he's faking it. And Corey uh, tries to demonstrate that Stanley's faking it by, like, trying to pull Bobby's, uh, sorry, uh, Stanley's leg out of his leg socket. Ensuring it actually breaks. Yes. Uh, And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you monster, Corey. And then um, Candy says, if this is how you treat children, I'm having a lot of thoughts about having a family with you. A lot of these comments this episode... Mm-hmm. Yeah, Candy is very forward-thinking. Candy has everything planned out with Corey in their future, in their life. Uh, so Stanley is, he's like, no, I'll be fine. He pretends, he's like, uh, I'm going to limp back to my hotel. It's only six miles away. Uh, where are Stanley's parents? He got rid of them. Okay. He because got rid of them? He, okay. Uh, Bryce, I need to point mm-hmm. something out. Yeah. I don't know if you caught this, mm-hmm. but when Stanley says Chef Victor in this scene, mm-hmm. his subtitles refer to him as Sir Victor. Oh, is this hinting at Victor being a royal uh, king? I think the president might have given him some land in between episodes. <laughs> That's so wild. Keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. So... Uh, all right then so Stanley's like all right you're gonna come you're gonna sleep in Corey's bed Uh, Corey you're gonna sleep on the floor right and then we get the scene in Corey's bedroom with Stanley and (laughs) Corey well you forgot Corey slipping on the banana peel after monologuing how it only happens in old cartoons Mm -hmm. and as he does so they had like the added uh like sound effects it was really cartoony of Corey like slipping and then like falling. There was like a splat sound. Mm-hmm. Was it funny? Is that wasn't that funny? I mean, is is acknowledging a joke funny? No. Is it clever? Uh, I think very clever. This was like I like that Corey's the kind of character who t- like breaks down the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. This is you know at the end of uh, the pilot not the pilot the um 
the oh this is uh the show's canceled oh the actor's canceled but i'll still uh make the connection um because the white house it's like at the end of um the first episode of season two of house of cards when kevin spacey's character breaks the fourth wall finally and he's like you thought i was gone like you thought you got rid of me and um so it's like that Corey, Corey looking at the audience so frank underwood could run <laughs> exactly we can assume it's the same universe right uh that that the shows take place in so uh Corey is sleeping in a sleeping bag on the floor. Stanley's in Corey's bed, naturally. We get a funny bit where Victor is like, you had a really hard day today. Like, you deserve a nice rest. And the camera kind of pans out. So we see he's talking to Stanley in Corey's bed. Uh, that was funny. There was at least, like, effort put into the layers of that joke. There are some funny jokes throughout the episode. Yeah. I just think, like, the overarching everything is what's see. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we love, we love, 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 love Victor. So in this, like, in, he had that line. And then soon after, he almost, like, steps on Corey, who's again on the ground. And so he tells Corey to move his sleeping bag. Because what if there's an emergency? How will we get to Stanley? <laughs> uh, and the way that he says we makes me think that, like, the whole White House is, is there to protect Stanley as well. He's right? priority number one. He is. Well, Martinez already knows he's going to give Stanley this medal. Yes. And Martinez comes in with a motor scooter. He's like, because you got hurt on my watch, I want to make sure you're taken care of. Martinez is definitely afraid of a lawsuit here. Absolutely. Yes. Not a good look to um, have a child slip on a banana in the kitchen of the White House on Martinez's watch while Martinez is uh, eating pie. Ladies. Ladies. <laughs> so then uh they finally leave it's just stanley and Corey. stanley does this massive jump off the bed Ren. were you impressed by this that's a, you, that was a, it was a big jump it was huge i feel like if he landed right on Corey's stomach he could have done some real damage it could have broken just right through foot right through Corey's stomach <laughs> uh he like he is in air i counted i started a timer and then i stopped the timer when he lands 13 seconds. Impressive. Stanley spends in the air, jumping off the bed and onto the ground here. Uh, and he does it. And in that jump, he says, all this goodness is killing me. That's right. Stanley was only pretending to be good. Yep. He's scamming the church. Mm-hmm. I, uh, sorry, you said church. Right? I meant the kids the, choir the goodness I, choir. I don't quite understand yeah what is he says i like traveling with them because i get to meet new suckers and old suckers like are these just like a group of nomadic children who travel from state to state singing their ideologies and everywhere they go like what is stanley doing to scam people i guess taking their medals yeah he's a grifter uh Rent, uh, would you ever grifting? Is that like a do you want do you want to grift? I mean, what what would we grift? So, well, you grifting is like the idea of grifting is when you like try to trick someone by playing with like their emotions and their feelings and making them for, like not use their brain, All and right. then you run with the money, right? Is that like the art i don't i don't really understand what grifting is 
All right. How is that different than just ripped the city of Boston? Wait. So okay, people. I know that people will be, uh, like there's like uh, famous grifters in Boston that people know about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, the whole art of grifting, I'm just kind of confused about. The, I know there's an episode of Community about it. It's very meta. Uh, and they're gets... swindlers. They're they're common swindlers. Okay. You uh, know they, they fraud mm-hmm. people out of their money and belongings. Yeah, it's like, uh, do you want to buy the solid gold watch? And it's like a plastic watch. Is that like what a, a grifter is? Is that what Stanley's doing from town to town? I, I feel like that could be grifting. Okay. He's uh, like, no. To be, you know, we never see up his sleeves. You could have a whole roll of watches up there. Mm-hmm. What a, I feel like that's a very, like, 90s reference, <laughs> right? Like, if someone walked up to you on the street now, right, and was like, hey, do you want to buy this solid gold watch? You'd be like, no. Like, if I wanted you a watch... You carry I... cash on me, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, what if they accepted credit card or Venmo? Okay. You know, I'll... I'll con- what are we talking here? Like, hey, uh, for the gold watch... Uh, I don't, you know, it is 200 Ren, but I'm going to give it to you for a hundred. Cause I like your vibe. Uh, that's out of my price range. Eh, I'm thinking that's... like 30 is 30. Okay. No, it's fine. There's actually someone, uh, down the street at the historical museum, um, at George Washington's historical, uh, museum that I was going to sell this to instead. Cause you know, George Washington used to wear this gold watch, but that's fine. Bryce and Red are sponsored by the George Washington Museum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the classic George Washington Museum <laughs> in Boston. So, uh, did, so you and I, that's, that's grifting. <sighs> I'm, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what else? Isn't uh, it, or is it like you have three suitcases, or you, someone has like a suitcase full of money, okay, and you're a yes. grifter, All right. and you want to get, and you want to get that suitcase. So you buy an identical suitcase, and you walk up to them, and you like push them, and then they drop the suitcase, and you swap it with the other one. Yes, this is a classic grift. Okay, and then you have what's in. You have all the money that was in the suitcase you wanted, and then the other person has all the money that you put in that suitcase double grift yes and then like both... double jeopardy okay um all right i feel like anything else with grifting that like as stanley okay so stanley being in the kid choir does he uh he goes to these cities he sings for them sings in these different places and then people walk up to him they're like hey you were really good do you and think he... that he waits around a little bit and he's like hey thank you, um, the choir just left without me, or the choir is going to a new city and I need money for the bus to go with them. Bryce, I have a new theory. Okay. Stanley doesn't realize he just has a job. <laughs> okay, so he's is being he- being paid a regular wage. He, he thinks he's grifting them. He just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he gets paid uh, like per performance, right? Yeah. He doesn't realize that. He's like, oh, it's the biggest scam ever. All right. You're 50, Stanley. <laughs> Sucker. Grifting's exciting. It's fun. I think we should try it. I know. It's, it's, it's very illegal, isn't it, Ren? I mean, I think the point of the grift is to not be caught in the first place. So, uh, yeah, but I would feel guilty. I'd feel too bad. Maybe we can grift people who deserve it. No. The Robin Hoods of grift. <laughs> the Robin... 
Is Robin Hood a grifter? What I, is guess he? I guess he'd be the original grifter. I remember, um, so I've, I'd never seen the like cartoon Robin Hood. Um, but I do know that... The fox? The fox? Yes. I mean, isn't that... what? I'll, if people watch Robin Hood, is there like a good Robin Hood to watch? Like that's uh, the Robin Hood. That's like people's go-to. I think I think there's like a classical movie, like a live action. It's Robin probably boring. Like, What's yeah, the conclusion? Like a fox Robin Hood. So after Robin steals from the good, uh, steals from the bad, he steals a bunch of money from the rich to give to the poor. Does he like? Does it equal out? Like the rich then lose their power? They have to, right? I don't know. Well, how does it end? Because that would be helpful for like our modern day struggles if we knew how Robin Hood ended so we could possibly apply that to, uh, you know, today's modern world. Are you saying we should use the Robin Hood model today? If, well, it depends how it ends, right? <laughs> like if he, if he goes to jail because it's stealing and he faces all these consequences, then probably no. I don't think the Robin Hood model is a very good model to use. Um, but if he steals from the rich and he ends up, uh, being deemed a hero and I don't know, becomes, starts a whole new nation. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so Stanley is terrified of skeletons, Ren. That's right. He hates bones. Uh, who, like, do you think he's talking about the show or like skeletons? The show. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Have you watched an episode of Bones? <laughs> I have. I've watched one episode of Bones, actually. Uh, and I can tell you, I didn't want to watch any more episodes of Bones. So we get uh, this tidbit of info because Stanley is up. He's walking around Corey's room and uh, he pulls off this curtain and he sees this skeleton display. And Corey's like, it's not even real, right? Um, but Stanley hates Bones. He's terrified of them. Bones. Uh, and then Stanley also asked Corey about the presentation tomorrow that Corey has to do. Okay. And we learn that uh, Corey has a red envelope that has all of his presentation in it, but he shreds it. So Stanley can't have it because Corey has it in his head. He could do it in his sleep. Who knew this would be so literal? Yeah. Uh, not me. I, I didn't see it being so literal. It, I had a moment where I thought it could happen, mm-hmm. and then I second-guessed myself and thought, no, there's no way. That's yes. too easy. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, uh, they're sleeping in the same room, so Corey, uh, who thinks that the plan is safe and sound, his presentation is safe and sound, is about to give it all away to Stanley. Before he does so, we get about uh, 90 seconds of uh, Stanley farting in Corey's bed. That's right. Stanley farts three times. Three, three, three times, and the last one sounds like pure shitting. <laughs> it just sounds like he pooped his pants. It was, it was very long. It was uncomfortable. Um, it was uncory in the house. I think that it's because this uh, episode dealt with a lot of uh, like more mature themes and topics, and so they wanted to make sure there was something still in there for the younger audience to connect with, kind of like what Pixar does. Yeah, so. the the fart was the Bing Bong of the episode. <laughs> Don't mention Bing Bong on this podcast, friend. <laughs> Don't mention it. Uh, so uh, they go to sleep. Stanley wakes up and he's like checking on Corey. And Corey talks in his sleep. 
and does the whole presentation. Okay. A bank just for kids. Where they That's can the idea. Investments. Yeah. Uh, loans. <laughs> kids never had a bank just for them. Corey wants folks to go into financial ruin as <laughs> early as possible. What an awful idea. No wonder Martinez approved this, though. Yeah. He like, loves it. He thinks it's genius. Uh, so the next morning... at age eight, Corey? Mm-hmm. Why I misdoubted you, boy. Yeah, it's a, a terrible idea. And yeah, of course Martinez is going to be all in on it. So Corey wakes up the next day. Stanley's gone. Corey doesn't realize that he slept, uh, talked in his sleep and gave away the whole presentation. Because uh, who would? Who would assume they did such a thing? <laughs> and now uh, Corey does a spin transition. Uh, where he like spins and uh, he goes from in his pajamas to wearing a suit. He's ready to do this presentation. It's presentation day. And just as he's going to go see Martinez, Stanley leaves the um, Oval Office with Martinez. And Martinez is like, wow, that was so good. Thank you so much. Uh, And we learned Stanley did the whole bank presentation to Martinez. Martinez says what's probably what's probably my least favorite line in Corey in the house so far. Is it uh, this uh, this uh, Stanley's the kind of kid for which rules are meant to be broken? Yes. Mm-hmm. What what a disgusting vile man. He uh, has no morals, no ethics. No. And he's um, he is ready to allow Stanley to be entered into the competition. Which was yep. already unfair because yep. Corey was in it. And now Martinez is like, all right, let's let Stanley in. Let's let him do it. These four other kids, I feel so horrible for them. It's so little, but I don't think I've ever hated Martinez this much. It's he he throws all rules out the window for this idea, for the, the bank idea, right? Also, how did Stanley score a meeting with the president? He, I, he just walked in. He's Stanley? He's Stanley. Because Stanley's our, the kind of kid for which rules are meant to be, meant broken. To be broken. Yeah. I don't, I don't uh, like the implications of that line. He, he rips up the, uh, the schedule for the day, and he's like, all right, Stanley, like, what do you got to pitch? I feel like Martinez is maybe, he maybe accepts it because he's scared of the like, impending lawsuit that Stanley's going to bring on the White House. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, uh, and then Corey's like, so Martinez is like, Stanley had the great, this great idea. He's going to do a uh, bank for children. It's so awesome. And Corey's like, that was my idea. Uh, but Corey has no way to prove it, prove that Stanley stole his idea. And so Martinez yells at him and says, find proof or leave. Yeah, it's, it's find proof or you're out of the competition. Okay. So that's where we leave this. Martinez does not see a presentation from Corey, right? It's fine proof that he stole it or you're out. Uh, In this final scene, uh, it's like the presentation of the award, uh, essentially. I skipped three scenes. Yeah, me too. Because we're we're hearing at the beginning of this that Corey's going to mess Stanley up. Uh, He's going to mess him up once and for all. Okay. And... Martinez introduces Stanley to the crowd. Stanley fools. Yeah, as a member of Up With Goodness. I love this guy, he tells the crowd. Everyone is, they're all in on Stanley. 
uh, Stanley's stock has gone way up. And now they do another number about how everyone loves Up With Goodness. Uh, it's, it's like the Good Manners song. Yeah, it's like the Dula Kids in Shrek. Corey's grabbing kids. It's barely slapstick. He's just yeah. fumbling. He's like, so Corey's now up there on the stage. He's like disguised with the Up With Goodness kids, moving them around. Um, they don't realize because they're like uh, hypnotized, right? They're in their Up With Goodness. They're in their uh, trance. Yeah, trance. Thank you, Ren. Uh, Candy, I so I like Candy has a funny comment because they're all sitting there. They're like, "Is that Corey?" And Candy's like, "Corey's working that sweater vest." Uh, was he? I thought it was a funny line. I don't know if he was working it, but I thought it was. I don't know something about that line. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's pretty funny, Candy. I'll give it to you." Uh, yeah, for her man. Corey gets all the way up to the front to where Stanley is. It's like, "How'd you steal my idea?" And Stanley is like, "Oh, you said it in your sleep." Right, they have this conversation in front of everyone, but this is a Corey in the house thing. Um, and then Corey's like, "All right, I got to give you a hand. That was a good one." And funny enough, Ren, Corey got a bone enough, hand. It's it's a bone hand. It's a skeleton hand. Stanley is scared. He screams. He starts. Uh, he like uh, zooms away because he's still on the scooter that Martinez gave him, and. He's like trying to run. People are watching this now uh, and they're like, what's happening? And things were to get a little bit weirder as uh, Corey brings in a remote control electric scooter with a skeleton on it. Riding bones. Yes. Uh, to chase Stanley around on the scooter. And Victor's like, what's happening? Uh, I don't know, but he better have a plan or something like that no uh victor asks what's happening Corey says i'm just trying to prove a point we get a close-up of victor's face oh yeah out and says well it better be a good one yes so instead of putting a stop to this to uh cory like cory has a remote control electric scooter with a plastic skeleton on it chasing a child also on electric scooter around uh breaking up in the middle of this up with goodness song uh what a thing ren is this a good boomer moment i honest to god don't know i mean it it's this whole it's strange cory in the house has just been so strange lately Mm -hmm. that it's hard to get a feel for just where i'm at half the time like, I feel like it's bizarre. It isn't a well-earned boomer moment because of the, like, how shoehorned in the whole skeleton thing feels. Yeah. But uh, it's it's really weird. It's a, a weird place to be at at this point in the episode. And uh, so sure enough, uh, Stanley gets scared enough when the skeleton gets launched from what? the electric scooter... Uh, and perfectly lands right on Stanley, and Stanley gets up from the scooter, runs around, and everyone sees that he's been faking his injury. Uh, so simple. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as he, uh, it's revealed that he was faking it, then everything falls apart here. Uh, he admits that he stole Corey's idea, and then he screams down with goodness and runs away. Yep, just full-on sprints out of the scene. In the middle of D.C., we assume no parents. Uh, We don't know uh, if he has any means 
to get back to San Francisco, or even if he does get back to San Francisco, uh, if his uh, the home next to Eddie's is still his, right? Yeah. So maybe he's... maybe so maybe he can get in on the Eddie Ratatouille situation <laughs> and take control of Eddie when he goes back. <laughs> he's without a host now. That's exactly what it's going to be, Ren. He's going to go back to San Francisco. He's going to climb on top of Eddie's head and control Eddie like a puppet. It's just—it's the perfect way of fitting back into society. Uh, um, yes. So that's that's our conclusion here. That's it. That's what we get. And then uh, Candy is like, I believed you the whole time. Corey's like, no, you didn't. And she's like, let's not argue in front of company. So I, I thought that was good. Victor says he's proud of Corey for sticking to his guns and revealing the truth. And just to really put the cherry on top of this uh, mess of an episode, Ren, uh, Corey wins the contest. He wins. He wins it in the end. Those four other kids didn't matter. Corey never did a pitch. Nope. Nope. He didn't have to do a damn thing. No, and so uh, as a result, he's now his face is going to be on the cover of the magazine. We can assume that there's an article out there written about Corey's child bank idea. Uh, it's terrible, horrible idea. It's going to uh, ruin the economy. And uh, Martinez goes to present the medal, and he can't find it. And so then everyone's like, "Oh, Stanley must have it," and they all run to go chase him. Uh. Uh, our end bit here was confusing. They had 90 seconds to fill. Well, Bryce, you forgot that Martinez found the medal. Yeah, yes. Uh, he has it. Don't worry. So they all chase after Stanley for no reason. <laughs> Corey's a cover boy. Mina has always wanted to know a cover boy. <laughs> wow. I've never... <laughs> Mina also does finger guns. She's like excited they really about it. really needed to fill in some time here. It's weird. Uh, they have like a strange dialogue about um, Candy has names picked out for their grandkids, and Corey's Grand like, at least it's not Grant. Yeah, uh, Corey's like, at least it's not Stanley, huh? Stanley. Ten seconds go by. I wonder what scam he's up to now. Then it cuts to Little Nas performing on SNL this week. <laughs> And scene. <laughs> uh, is so Stanley's in like a yodel crew. Yeah, the good a, behaviors at a mall. Uh, so the good behaviors were played by the real life the cactus cuties. Okay, I what is this? How is this a new scam? He's just singing with a different group of people. Is he huh. to your point? Is he, he's just making money off of this? He found a new job. He Another has to be. That's the only explanation. Okay. Oh, but we got a third song. They they give us three songs. Yodeling's pretty cool. You want to try it? No. No. Just go not just here. Try right now. Top of your lungs, yodeling. Man, I'm all set. I'm all good. But it's like, isn't it? It's pretty impressive. It is impressive. Uh, if if you can yodel, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of like uh like scatting. Hmm. Or, uh, like, you know, in acapella, the, like, uh, person who does the beat sounds? The beatboxer? Yeah. 
It's like that. I put them all probably on the same tier. That's our episode. <laughs> That's it. Oh man, this is uh, a Corey. The house is getting weird in its dying days. Yes. And no, very strange. No newt to keep things on solid ground. We have skeleton vehicles chasing after uh, boys in vehicles who run off and join Yodel Cruise. Uh, yeah, that that's really what we faced this week, Ren. Uh, it is getting strange. I'm so excited for Newt to be back next week. Me too. I've missed him. I'm excited, hopefully, to see Sophie again. I miss her. So, yeah, it's like both have been really shining uh, as of recent, both Sophie and Newt. And so both being absent is rough here. And they we've also have not had a lot of Bahavia references from Mina for the past few weeks. And we've noted that. But this week we are back to a lot of Bahavia. It just it always feels like Corey in the house is moving one step forward, three steps back. And interesting uh, choice of numbers there. One step forward, three steps back. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo just put out a song. Uh, wow. Titled that. Are you a Olivia Rodrigo fan, Ren? I'm not. This uh, is pure coincidence. Check it out. Check it out. She's an icon. Um, okay. So, Rosebud Thorn, this episode. Uh, What's bro, good? What was good, good here? I like when Corey in the House does commit to continuity, even if it's that in small ways, like nodding towards candy and Corey's relationship or bringing someone like stanley back Mm -hmm. it makes it feel like time has passed which is a strength of these disney channel shows because Mm -hmm. we literally see these children age and they can't hide from it like most sitcoms try to do yeah yeah i I liked um what else was good here i so i like that i liked that we had um cory talking in his sleep it was pretty funny um Victor. Victor's always was strong here. Yeah, uh, he he was good. Good to have around here. Uh, what was a bud of this episode? Anything we want to see more of that this gave us? Other I, than other than I, I know we both want to see more Candy and Mina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than the classic trio of Corey, Candy, Mina, mm-hmm. I. They need to start utilizing. They were doing a really good job with Victor for a while. Then they then now they've stopped using him as well. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. He you're right. He's really just been in like bit scenes. Um and they had him like quickly throw out a line that was maybe the lesson of the episode um in the last scene here, but that's he hasn't gotten to really carry anything. No. Uh not even like a B plot in a while. So I would like to see him do more of that. Uh, and then in terms of the thorn, like what was the worst part of this episode? Martinez was very annoying to me. I don't know what made me so irritable towards him, but he every time he was on screen, everything mm-hmm. he said, he just came off so pompous. Do you know what it was, Ren? It was, uh, I, I don't know if this was exactly it, but it, for me, it pushed pushed me over. In the Up With Goodness performance, the first one, not the second one, uh, they cut to him and he is like singing, like moving and like dancing and snapping his fingers. And like just everything about it was like, this is trying too hard. And that must be it. Yeah. So it, 
I don't know. And also, he pretty much rigged a whole competition for Corey. Yeah, he screwed it up. He destroyed everything. <laughs> His complete disregard of the rules. Because he just, was just so enamored with this young Stanley. That's how Martinez understands contests, though. Right? There's no, there's no, like, rules or having to run against other people. It's just, you know, things fall apart. And sometimes you're, the, sometimes you're the designated survivor. And you just fall into those positions. So, um, any reviews for this episode? Yes, we have two of them. Okay. <clears throat> I'll start with the higher one. Trivia Dude gave this episode an 8.1. The title, part of that episode, reminded me of a Flintstones episode. Oh. It was good to see Bobby J again, playing a mischievous character a la Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson. No wonder Sophie wasn't on this episode. It would be double the trouble. The singing mm-hmm. group was a parody of Up With People, like the guitar the dude played. When Corey found out that Stanley's weakness is a fear of bones, that's how he got him out of his hair. That reminded me of the Flintstones episode, The Hat Rocks and the Gruesomes. The Hat Rocks annoyed the Flintstones so much, they used their weakness to chase them away. Sorry, Ren, pause. What? <laughs> this person diving into the Flintstones. <laughs> yes. No. Can I please finish this review of the no. Hatbox and the Gruesomes? No. We're on the last line. All right, fine. Finish it. Is it about the Flintstones? The Hat Rocks couldn't stand <laughs> bug music with the four insects, a take on the Beatles. That's it. Grace and Ren and the Flintstones in the house? Are we... All we these missed opportunities. It. Dang. Uh, so, yikes. Um, to that review. <laughs> Big yikes. Freak 8 is about to take us away. Okay. Stanley is back! Seven. Corey is a young finalist for the Young Business Person Award. Unfortunately for him, Stanley is back and wants to win that medal. He poses as a really good person in the group, up on goodness. He fools the president, Mina, Candy, and even Victor. Stanley steals Corey's presentation and almost wins the award. Corey then learns that Stanley is afraid of bones and uses that to draw him out. Everyone learns who the true Stanley is. Corey wins the award. This episode was okay. I hated Stanley in TSR, and I still hate him in CITH. This episode gets a 7 out of 10. He really has a way with words, doesn't he? I love BG Freak 8. <laughs> right points in every week, for sure. Uh, any more? We have some trivia. Okay, cool. Here's our trivia for the night. Mm-hmm. We have three of them. Stanley from That's So Raven appears. This makes the third character from That's So Raven to appear on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Newt and Sophie do not appear in this episode. Newt's lack of appearance is most likely due to Jason Dolly filming the movie Minutemen. Worth it? Is it? Was it worth it, Red? I I don't know. Would would we have rather had Newt in two more episodes of Corey in the House and not had Minutemen exist? That's a good question, actually. Mm -hmm. Mm, that might might be a little bit of equivalent exchange going on here. Okay. Well, so so, what what do you think? If, I think, well, I wouldn't want Newt in this episode if all he was going to do was not believe Corey. I could see him joining. Oh, for the goodness! I could see that happening too. If we had the character of Newt here, uh, so 
we let's pretend that that's what happens here. And last week, would he have been? Yeah, we already talked about what he would have done. Uh, we feel like he would have been uh, in the lizard costume. Yeah. Right. So would we have rather had both those moments with Newt versus the 90 plus minute film Minutemen? I mean, I guess if I could erase a whole, if I could get a whole 90 minutes back of my life mm-hmm. and only have to endure 44 of those minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it was worth it, but career wise, it puts one more thing on his, like one more notch on his belt. Right. It's, it's a Disney Channel original movie. He's part of that canon now. Mm-hmm. It establishes him, cements him in this bigger Disney Channel universe. Uh, and I think there's a certain generation of people where Man at Men was like, that was a new Disney Channel original movie for them. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I I feel like I wish you were here instead as well, with that said. I wish that Minutemen didn't exist and we had Newt in these two episodes. I wish we could use the technology in Minutemen to erase Minutemen. Altogether? Yes. Imagine if we did that and then we came back in time and we found out that like we accidentally erased, um, I don't know, like Avatar. The movie or the TV series? The movie. Mm, and I wonder what kind of... Well, when did Avatar come out? Was cinema? Uh... Let's see, Avatar it was 2009. Yeah, so there's a chance. If you and I go back in time and we erase Minutemen, uh, the cultural uh, impact of Avatar will never be felt. Or maybe it'll be felt too much. And oh we'll my gosh. We'll be in some kind of like Pandora-esque hellscape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we come back and everyone's wanting to like, uh, uh, what is it? Like connect hair? Bryce and Ren and Corey in our avatars. <laughs> wow. I hate it. <laughs> Did they need to be blue? It was like they want to blend in, right? They, they make movie. themselves blue. Okay. But then, um, at, but like once they find out that Jake Sully is not, is not actually a Pandorian? An avatar? What is, no, what is the race called? They're like a... Uh, Navi. The Navi. The Navi. So, yeah, right. so once yep. they find out that Jake Sully is not actually Navi and just a human in an avatar of a Navi, I feel like he could be whatever he wants to. Like, if they have the technology, imagine if they put him in, like, a Garfield costume. Yeah, that'd be fun. He, so, could, do a little, he could do some humor for the second one. Mm-hmm. You know, bring, like, a some much-needed levity. Yes, to like, you've, you've taught us everything about Navi and Pandora. We would like to teach you about Earth. Here's a... a we're going to reenact Garfield comic. And what else? what else? Because Jake Sully's a very like neutral person. Um, so I feel like he would probably show them like Garfield. He'd probably make them some classic earth cuisine. Like uh, what's a really neutral dish? Beans on toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, he would do that. He'd make them sit down. And have them watch, like, Spy Kids 2, Island of Dreams. Um, <laughs> like, all these really neutral, uh, and not even neutral, but, like, like three slash four out of ten products, I think, is what Jake Sully would introduce to the Navi people. He just wants to give them a very lukewarm perception of Earth culture. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's interesting, though. Um, sorry, we're 
going completely off, but now I'm like thinking about it. If you were to do that, it's interesting to think about um, that at more of like a meta level that we look at those things as being like, oh, those are like not good representations of earth. But imagine if Jake Sully were like, oh, here are things that are popular, right? So not necessarily quality based, but more like popularity based. And it's like- uh, The Big Bang Theory. Exactly. It's like, here's the Big Bang Theory. (laughs) Here's a thing that a lot of people, a lot of people like. Here's the Big Bang Theory. Watch it and let me know what you think. Or like, here's, uh, uh, what is it? Timber by Kesha featuring Pitbull. Uh, (laughs) Like, here are all the, like, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that- there's a, such a difference in terms of like quality versus popularity. Uh, do you, on the subject of the Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. do you think young Sheldon will run for as long and become just as much a cultural phenomenon? No. Because I think Big Bang Theory, I don't think it became one over like overnight. I think it established itself pretty well and then kind of just wrote out the numbers from there. So I don't see young Sheldon running wicked long. Young Sheldon is already on season four. It is. Uh, and it has like a ru- like a running plot. Like I see ads on Facebook that are like, uh, we were surprised to see this character's downfall come this week, but we all know it'll get better. So. It's supposedly renewed for at least seven seasons. Should we? Jesus. How, how young is Sh- can Sheldon be? For yeah, what time? happens to the point when he is the age like the actor becomes the age of uh what's the actor for sheldon cooper sheldon okay yeah he changed his name to sheldon sheldon um jim parsons jim parsons yeah yeah sheldon was born in 1980 okay i don't know when big bang theory starts (laughs) when when big bangs oh like what year yeah oh uh probably i would guess that it's like on par with it with like when it starts. So the Big Bang Theory started in 2000. Uh, okay, so 2007. He's, 27. he's 27 at the start of the series. Yeah. So young Sheldon will have to run for another like 13 seasons. Yeah, Sheldon has to get to 26. Yeah. The, I really like the actor. Uh, he's in uh, Big Little Lies as well. The actor for young Sheldon. Young? Yeah. He's really talented. Uh, I'm not sure about his performance in Young Sheldon, but I'm sure he's getting a good paycheck. So he voiced was... Young Shaggy in Scoob. Oh, um, <laughs> Scoob was a movie that uh, came out during the pandemic, and uh, it was like you had to pay 20 bucks to see it. I think no, it was like I don't know what it was. It was like you paid 15 bucks to rent it or 20 bucks to own it. I don't think they let you own it. No, I, I definitely own Scoob. You own Scoob? I definitely own Scoob. Are because you sure that wasn't a pleasure purchase? I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive that I own Scoob because the deal was like, well, I might as well buy it instead of just renting it. But I will never revisit Scoob. I will never go back to it. So uh, what do we rate Martinez this week? He's uh, So the media is going to rip him apart. There's just no getting around the fact yeah. that, you know... He had a cult sing at this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let Corey not only get nominated, but win. There's the mm-hmm. whole Stanley situation, which is not going to yeah. reflect well on the president, especially yeah. since Stanley is, as has been established, a competent grifter. He can yes. easily get the media to turn on the president. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't see this going well for Martinez at all. We have him at negative 90 now. I think this is his worst episode to date. I agree. Uh, he openly rigs a, a contest that is not worth rigging. Uh, I would honestly put him down double to negative 180. Let's do it. Let's let's put him as, you know. <laughs> the worst rated president in American history, a negative 180 approval rating. Or I guess a 180% disapproval rating. He's such a terrible president. He's so bad. One of the worst fictional presidents ever. I yearn for the days of the West Wing whenever I watch him on screen. Why? Why can't we just have President Bartlett here? Do you think... uh... John DeQuino has what it takes to act against Alan Alda? Definitely not. No, in like an acting contest? Absolutely not. Like them sharing a scene in the final season of The West Wing. Could you imagine that? (laughs) Passing of the torch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay. So, last thing, Red. What did we rate the episode? Let me pull up the episode rating so I can Mm -hmm. reference. So... This episode had funny jokes, which isn't a lot. I thought this was a bad episode, but it had funny jokes. And I can't say that for most of the bad episodes. Yes. I actually laughed at points. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if the laughter is enough to make up for just how bad the episode is. I don't know. I really didn't like it. And it frustrated me a lot and annoyed Mm -hmm. me in a way that Corey in the house usually does not annoy me. It was the the three children's choir songs, right? That was particularly grating. Um, and also the lack of like newt and anything redeeming like I feel like this is the type of episode that Jake Sully would want to show the Navi like I feel like it's a four you feel like it's a four I feel like it's a four yeah I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm gonna go with a three okay I'm gonna go with a three. This, the songs and the fart jokes no I'm gonna go with a two and a half <laughs> there are three fart jokes I cannot excuse that Three oh. fart jokes, three songs. It 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 it, it, it irritated me. Yeah, it, well, the character of Stanley is irritating, Ren. Like that's that's his gig. Is he's meant to just be like annoying? He's meant to be a pester. Uh, I found, if anything, like not even the character that annoying. I found the reaction to the character the most annoying thing about it. That's what I mean. I'm not referring to Stanley. I'm talking yeah. to everything around him. No. Everyone just instantly loved him, and he did nothing. He he in particular did nothing special He's compared so to the other like uh, up with goodness kids. So, um, okay, so I give it a four. You give it a two point five. Uh, we will close the book on uninvited pest. Goodbye, Stanley. Hello, uh, making the braid. We're in the home stretch. Six episodes. Six episodes of Corey in the house left. So how many weeks do we have left of this of uh, season two, including our bonus episodes? Yeah, so I mean, so we are going to do Making the Braid and then Model Behavior. Then we're going to watch, uh, what is it? Life is Rough and Underdog with Kyle yep. Massey. Um, again, just to, as always, want to be clear, Kyle Massey is not an underdog. He just simply <laughs> raps a song that I'm sure will be featured only in the credits. Uh, <laughs> And then, so we'll watch Underdog and, and that after model behavior. 
and then we'll do huh you can't wait for underdog uh i i can definitely wait and then (laughs) we'll have sid and pretty and macho libre then peace love and misunderstanding mad songs pay so much and then we're done no we have to do the hannah montana episode with sophie and martinez you wanted to do a full uh yeah so uh, do we do that where after peace love and misunderstanding i Um, think after macho libre okay Unless you want to add it to our Kyle Massey night and just get it out in one go. Yes. Can we please? We'll, we'll okay. do it like we did with Dolly. So that way we have three pieces of content to talk about. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll figure out some way to connect it. So to brand it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Bryce and Ren and Kyle Massey and <laughs> Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. And, well, okay. Here we go. Uh, dog. So both the movies are about dogs. Yep. And in the episode of Hannah Montana, uh, I don't want to get, so I've wa- I did watch the episode because I wasn't sure how or when we would discuss it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a piece, a pretty central piece about dogs. Okay. So I so feel- Bryce and Ren in the doghouse? Bryce and Ren in the, uh, in the doghouse? Dogs live in doghouses. Yeah. Bryce and Ren and Corey in Hannah Montana. In Bryce and Ren and Kyle Massey in and- Hannah Montana in the doghouse yeah yeah like four of us has a nice has a nice ring to it yeah i like it all right right, so we'll do that uh and so that in total that's one two three four five six seven weeks left wow till we are all done with Corey in the house Thank you to those who have made it this far. Uh, We appreciate you listening and engaging in our content. If you liked it, go ahead and uh, give us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast listening service. Otherwise, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Uh, Feel free to interact with us. Uh, We uh, check it and engage pretty regularly. So thank you all so much for listening, and I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your Up With Goodness seminar. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. and Randy minds some electric guitar. We definitely want to shout out uh, someone who tweeted at us this week. That's right. A fellow Dolliac. Yeah. Uh, their Twitter account uh, was uh, like number one, what is it? Biggest Jason Dolly fan. So we wanted to give them a nice little shout out and uh, say thank you for your support. Uh, we obviously talked about Jason Dolly last week and we're happy that you are there to support him. <laughs>